Amen. All right. Take your Bible this morning and turn with me uh, again to the 16th chapter of John. 16th chapter of John. Uh, Jesus is continuing uh, to uh, prepare uh, his disciples as they uh, journey on towards uh, Gethsemane. Uh, And uh, he's really, in in the passage we're going to look at uh, today, he really kind of gets down uh, to the brass tacks of things. He's going to begin to talk about uh, the resurrection uh, and the results of the resurrection. And so uh, the disciples are uh, about to go through a a few days of of life-changing, life-altering turmoil. They're going to watch their friend uh, be arrested and and tried, uh, ultimately crucified and buried. And then uh, we know three days later uh, the resurrection, and so their heads are about to be uh, spun in about uh, 27 different directions. And, uh, and so Jesus gives them uh, some words here uh, that I think were extremely important uh, for his disciples uh, in their circumstance. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, I think we can take these words and, uh, and bring them forward into, uh, into the year that we're in. Uh, and the many of the things that uh, have transpired throughout uh, this year, uh, I think it's probably safe to say uh, that no matter how old you are, uh, how long you've lived, you've never seen uh, a year quite like this one, that uh, there's never been anything uh, quite like this year uh, in our lifetime. Uh, and so Jesus is going to talk about uh, the resurrection. Uh, what he says really to his disciples and what he's been saying uh, is, I know things are about to get crazy. Uh, I know things are about to get wild. You're about to see some things uh, that you don't understand. Uh, you're about to see some things that will scare you. Uh, you're about to see some things that uh, will just absolutely uh, blow your mind. But, but hold on. Uh, Monday's coming. Sunday's coming. Uh, you know the resurrection is uh, is coming, uh, and so things will uh, change. And so in this passage, uh, I want you to look with me. I'm gonna have to move quickly uh, this morning. Uh, rather uh, lengthy uh, passage of scripture here uh, that uh, Jesus gives uh, his disciples uh, six things uh, that they can uh, cling to uh, and that you and I can cling to today. Uh, Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, we have hope. Uh, we have confidence. We, um, uh, no matter what goes on uh, around us, no matter what we see uh, taking place, whether it's uh, another hurricane, whether it's the elections, uh, whether it's our own health, whether it's a pandemic, uh, whatever it is, uh, these things are things that uh, you and I still have today as a result of the resurrection. And, uh, and what I really want uh, kind of to get across uh, this morning uh, is, is that, that realization uh, that sometimes I think um, as believers we believe in the resurrection of Christ. Uh, we talk about the resurrection uh, of Christ. We sing about uh, the resurrection of Christ. Uh, but are there any real results in our life because of 
the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. As what? Uh, as the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ actually uh, begun uh, to transform uh, as it began uh, to make a difference in our life, uh, as it affected uh, our day-to-day life, or is it just something uh, that we talk about? Is it just something that we look back at uh, and say, oh yeah, uh, Jesus rose from the dead? Uh, well, my, my question and uh, the question I typically ask when I'm looking at a passage of Scripture uh, is, so what? Uh, what difference does it make? I, you know, it's not enough just to take a passage of Scripture uh, and to read it and uh, you know, maybe even dig into it, look into the, uh, you know, to the original languages and, uh, and all the, you know, look at all those things. Uh, but if that passage of Scripture uh, doesn't come in uh, and find a place in our heart and our life uh, to make a difference, uh, then it's no different than the, uh, the newspaper or the Reader's Digest. And Scripture uh, is alive in the story there, uh, the teachings there uh, are there to change us and to transform us. And so Jesus is going to talk about uh, the resurrection for that purpose, for uh, for transformation uh, for the disciples. He wasn't just uh, letting the disciples know that there was going to be a resurrection. He was letting them know uh, that there was going to be a, he was going to be resurrected and there, it was going to be life-changing. It was going to be life-altering. Nothing uh, would be the same again uh, after uh, the resurrection. And so uh, let's look this morning at some uh, of the results uh, of the resurrection. This is not a uh, complete list. This is what uh, Jesus talks about here uh, in uh, this handful of verses uh, beginning in uh, verse 16, uh, he gives them what is uh, almost uh, a riddle, uh, is kind of what it sounds like. He says, a little while and, and you'll see me no more. Uh, but then in a little while, you'll see me. And so, uh, you know, you can almost see this verse starting out, uh, and I'm not trying to make light, but really, and the disciples were a little bit uh, this way. You, you know, riddle me this. You're not going to see me in a little bit, then you'll see me again. What's it mean? Uh, you know, that, that's kind of what, uh, and that's kind of the way the disciples took it. The disciples were like, huh? Yeah, we don't get it because uh, he says to, uh, if you look at the next verse, the disciples said, uh, what is this that he says? Uh, in a little while you'll see me, and again in a little while, uh, you, in a little while you'll see, not see me, and again in a little while you will see me uh, because I'm going to the Father. Uh, and so uh, they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We, we don't know what he's talking about. And Jesus knew uh, what they wanted to ask him, it says. And so he said to them, Is this what you're asking yourself, what I meant uh, by a little while and you won't see me, and again in a little while you will see me? And so uh, you can see uh, that this passage, that this statement of Jesus uh, caused... Um, <clears throat> A good bit of uh, confusion uh, among the disciples. Like, what do you mean? We won't see you, then we will see you, and then you go into the Father. And you know, what, what are you talking about? We, you know, uh, can you just say it plain? Uh, and you know, as we look at it, we understand this morning he did say it plain. Uh, they just didn't get it. Uh, he said, "In a little while, you won't see me." What was he talking about? I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to be buried. 
But then, in a little while, you will see me. What's he talking about? In three days, he was going to be resurrected. Now, you and I look at that and go, oh, that's clear, just crystal clear. I know exactly what he's talking about. That's because we already know about the resurrection. These guys were just learning. And so when Jesus tells them this uh, statement, you're not going to see me, then you're going to see me, you know, they're thinking, you know, oh, wow, we're fixing to play a, a rousing game of hide-and-go-seek. And they, they had no idea. Uh, they, they just weren't grasping the idea uh, of a resurrection. They couldn't uh, bring their mind uh, to wrap around uh, this whole uh, idea. So the first uh, thing I want to talk to you about this morning that uh, is a very real uh, result uh, of the resurrection uh, that we may as well accept and acknowledge and, uh, and be aware of even uh, till this day, uh, maybe some, uh, to some extent even more now uh, than in those days, uh, is uh, the confusion uh, that is produced. The confusion that is produced. Uh, these disciples, again, you see it, uh, it's clear. They, they flat said, what is he talking about? Uh, what in the world uh, does he mean? He, we won't see him, then we will see him, then he's going to the Father. Uh, you know, they, they were absolutely, uh, their mind, uh, they just had no clue. And, and again, for, for, you know, again, we have to, uh, again, take the timing and the context. Uh, we know about the resurrection. Most of the folks in this room, uh, you've been taught about the resurrection of Jesus. You've celebrated Easter your entire life. Uh, you have, uh, you have a bigger problem. Uh, thinking about no resurrection uh, than you do thinking about the resurrection. For these guys, uh, again, it was a, a foreign concept. It was something, uh, you know, uh, they'd seen a lot of people crucified. Uh, they'd seen a lot of people die. Uh, and, and they had never seen one uh, come back uh, after that. And so th this was a totally uh, foreign concept to them. But what I, I want to point out to you this morning, uh, and... Uh, this is uh, mainly, I think, uh, for us as, as believers uh, to keep in mind as we uh, go out into the world and we talk uh, to others, as we talk uh, to unbelievers and we uh, deal with uh, people who don't know Christ uh, more and more. Uh, we're uh, dealing with people, uh, again, most everyone uh, in this room, I would say, uh, you, you don't ever remember a time uh, when you, had what wasn't, you weren't being taught uh, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, most of you in this room uh, grew up in homes where uh, from the time you were old enough to listen, uh, your parents, your grandparents uh, were telling you about the resurrection, you were celebrating uh, Easter, uh, many, many uh, 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 people of roughly the age in this room, even if you didn't grow up in a, quote, Christian home, once a year, come springtime, you celebrated Easter in your home. And so even if you didn't grow up in a Christian home in church, most people uh, heard about the resurrection. They, 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 they'd heard about it. They, they just, even though, again, they may not have been, you may not have been in a Christian home, you, you never questioned it. You never doubted it. Uh, it was just a, a fact uh, that uh, you, you had always heard. And uh, again, there are you know, uh, very few of you in this room, uh, I would say, who didn't just grow up uh, believing and knowing about the resurrection. 
You, you may have not, again, grown up in a Christian home. You may have not accepted Christ till later in life. But the resurrection was just a fact in your home. You've got to understand that we live in a world today where that statement is no longer true. We live in a world where that statement is no longer true. The vast, I don't say the vast, but I will say the majority of people today, if they were to be honest, if they were to, you, you go into your workplace, if you go out into your community and you talk to people and you be honest, and they, they'll be honest with you, they would tell you they're not sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They question the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I, I, I will almost, you know, unless you live in an extremely uh, unique neighborhood, I would almost guarantee you that the majority of your neighbors, the majority of people around you, maybe not your closest friends because you probably hang with like-minded people, but if you go to the grocery store, if you go to the mall and you put on your little reporter's hat and pretend to be a reporter and get you a microphone and say, we're taking a survey and we want to know what you think, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, I've seen the research, I've seen the demographics right here in Cabarrus County, right here in the Bible Belt, the majority of people will tell you they're, they may not deny it, but they'll tell you they're not sure. They don't know what to make of that story. They don't know what to make of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's my point. The resurrection caused confusion among the disciples. Now, we went again through a period in our nation where there wasn't much confusion or debate. Some of you grew up in a time, most of us grew up in a time, when there was no question, even among the unchurched, about the resurrection. But I want you to know today, the world we live in, there's still confusion about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so my point to that is that it is, it is imperative today that the world sees that the lost world those that are confused about the resurrection, do you know the only proof they have of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Your life. That's it. That is the best proof because reality is, and you know it, that most of them, you can show them to them in the Bible. And the Bible, they got a lot of questions and doubts about the Bible. And so the Bible to them... It, 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 you know, you say, well, it's right here in the Bible that it says that Jesus was risen from the dead. And you know what they'll look at you and tell you? Yeah, but man wrote that book. How do you know that's true? Just because it's wrote there. Yeah. yeah, your book says Jesus rose from the dead. That other book says something else. That other book says something else. Listen, folks, some of you are probably getting a little angry at me because you don't like it, but that's the reality. That's the world we live in today. 
I've told y'all over and over about the young man uh, that was coming to church here, and, and, and I take him home and trying to present the gospel to him, and he looks at me and says, "Yeah, that's an interesting story, but I also like the one uh, I, I've been really studying the one about how we came from a big blue fish." Y'all, y'all heard me tell that story. That's the world. That's where our young people are today. That's where a lot of our adults are today. They're confused and they have questions about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is more imperative than ever that this world sees the resurrected Jesus through you and I. That the world sees Jesus alive and living in us. In the way we treat each other. I think about the passage this morning uh, out of the book of Psalms. When David says that those that hated me, those that treated me wrong, I loved them and grieved for them like a mother. Listen, that's a different kind of person than people are used to dealing with. People are, people are used to selfish. People are used to self-centered. When we show the love of Christ, when we show the mercy of Christ, when we reveal uh, the compassion of Christ, then they will see there must be something to that Jesus story. Listen, that's just reality. Again, I I know some of you this morning, that that makes you squirm a little bit. That that makes you uncomfortable to think about it. But I'm telling you, and if you search your heart, you know that's true about where we have come to in this world. Where we have come to in America. Where we have come to, even in the Bible Belt, that most people around us are confused. Listen, I'm going to tell you something that may really rattle your cage. If you read and you study the demographics and the research, there are many people, even in the church, who profess to be believers who question the resurrection. You hear me? It is imperative that you and I live lives that reveal and show a living Christ in how we conduct our business, in how we treat others, in how we relate to others, in how the the compassion and the mercy that we show. It is more important than it's ever been because the world, folks, is more confused than it's ever been. All you have to do is look at the news. Look at what some of the things that we're legalizing. Look at some of the things that are happening in our nation. Listen, here's reality. Again, we've talked about this before. There's not a person in this room who ever dreamed in your lifetime there'd be a Buddhist temple in Kannapolis, North Carolina. What used to be a church of God. Then was a Presbyterian church. There's not a human being alive that ever dreamed. Nancy played, played the organ for him some. Did you ever dream that the day would come when that building would turn into a Buddhist temple? Never. Never crossed our mind. CD, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, believe you'd have Buddhists for neighbors? Never. We live in a confused world. Resurrection causes confusion. 
Second thing that Jesus talks about, not only the, the, the confusion that, that it brings, but uh, let's, let's get on some good news for a change. I, I never make it as a newscaster because I'm going to give you some good news. But what he uh, goes on in verse uh, 20, uh, and he says, uh, Truly, truly, verily, verily, uh, I say to you, uh, you will weep and lament, uh, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, uh, but your sorrow will turn to joy. But your sorrow will turn to joy. Yes, the world is confused. Yes, the world is very confused about the reality uh, of the resurrection. But here's what Jesus says. Here are the results uh, of the resurrection for a believer. He says, first of all, uh, as we look at that, uh, he talks about uh, the comfort that is promoted. He says, you will have joy. See, there there are a lot of people uh, right now around our nation uh, who are wringing their hands, who are just all upset about how the election turned out. Not just for president, but other offices. They're, They're all twisted up and they're all been out of shape uh, about how the election turned out. As I said a few moments ago, I don't know who all got elected. I don't know if anybody knows yet who got elected. I think we're still trying to figure it out. I say next November we just flip a coin. Yeah, yeah, it's heads or tails and let's be done with it. That might be the simplest way uh, to do it. Just flip a coin. There are people all twisted. There's people in the street, some protesting, some rejoicing. But you know what Jesus says? Jesus says that as believers, we can have joy. We can have joy. Do you understand that my joy, if you're a believer, your joy does not come from who occupies the White House. Your joy should not come from who lives in the governor's mansion. If it does, you're going to have some jacked up joy along the way. Because you're not always going to like who lives there. Listen, if your joy comes from your job, you're going to, there's a very real possibility you're going to have some messed up joy. Because you may lose that job. If your joy comes from anywhere other than the resurrected Jesus Christ, then your joy is on thin ice. See, here's the difference in my joy coming from the resurrected Jesus Christ and my joy coming from anywhere else. If your joy comes from your bank account, if your joy comes from your children, if your joy comes from your job, if your joy comes from your spouse, the reality is, in the blink of an eye, your joy could be gone. But when your joy comes from the resurrected Jesus Christ, they already tried, and there is nothing Satan and his demons can do to change that fact. You know what? I was thinking as I prepared this message. This year, first time in our, in any of us's lifetime, we didn't have church on Easter. I don't know about you, but that was weird. Yeah, that, that was strange. I'm already, you know, thinking ahead now to how, how's this going to look? What are we going to be able to do next Easter? How, how's this all going to work out? But here's reality. If we're all quarantined, if we're all locked down, if we can't gather, if we can't do anything, Jesus is still alive. 
He's still resurrected. There's nothing that changes that reality. And so Jesus says, you don't see me now, but you'll see me in a little bit. I'm going to be resurrected. And when I do, you're going to have a source of joy that the world cannot take from you. You're going to have a source of joy that circumstances and life situations, they may come, the winds may blow, the rain may fall, life may fall apart around you, but joy that comes from a resurrected Jesus cannot be stolen from you. What is the source of your joy this morning? Where do you find your joy? Your joy is found anywhere other than in a resurrected Christ. It is a dangerously uh, fragile joy. It may last for a while. It may last for a season. It may last for many years. But the reality is, if your joy comes from anything other than Jesus Christ, then your joy is fragile. Your joy is fleeting. Your joy is temporary. Jesus says that comfort, that the joy, he says, he says that's the answer. Look, he says uh, in, in that verse, uh, there, there's weeping and lamenting. He, he doesn't deny the fact that, that life is difficult and life has problems, but he says that your sorrow will turn to joy. He doesn't say there won't be sorrow in this life. Paul says it. In the, New, in, in the New Testament. Paul says to us, we don't grieve like other people grieve. He doesn't say we don't grieve, but he says we don't grieve like the world grieves. Why? Because we have the promise, we have the confidence of a resurrected Savior. We have the, 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 the transformational power of a resurrection, uh, resurrected Savior, that even uh, in the worst of days, we can always uh, lift up our head because Jesus is still on the throne. We have that confidence. We have that comfort that Jesus brings. Yeah, it causes confusion for some, but the resurrection brings comfort to His followers. Look at this next verse. Uh, where do, why, why can we say uh, we have uh, that joy? Well, let's, let's, let's go on just a minute. I, I skipped an important verse on that idea of joy. Jesus says when a, when a woman gives birth, she has sorrow. But when the baby has come, she doesn't remember uh, the anguish because a, a child has been born. She says, yeah, there, there's pain and sorrow, but eventually the day comes when that pain is, is past because a child has been born. Jesus says, yes, there, there'll be difficult days, but there's joy cometh in the morning. And so there's confusion for some, but there's comfort for the believer. In verse 24, we have that joy, we have that comfort, uh, because uh, he tells us, until now, you haven't asked anything in my name, but ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Ask and you'll receive. What's Jesus saying? Jesus says not only is there comfort here, but there, the communication that is made possible by the resurrection. Listen, one of the most overlooked but greatest things that took place at the resurrection was when the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, giving us access to the Father. That, that, we don't talk about that much. We don't, we don't address that very much. That is one of the greatest truths in all the Bible. 
That's one of the greatest aspects of the resurrection is that because of the resurrection, you and I have the ability, as I said uh, a few moments ago, uh, that we have the ability now to go boldly before the throne of Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I struggle. I, it's hard for me to imagine living before the resurrection. Yeah. I mean, how would you have liked that? You've got just horrible problems in your life, but you can't go to God. You've got to come find me and tell me about it and then hope I don't mess it up when I go talk to God. That'd be miserable, wouldn't it? That, that would be horrible. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they had some way to get to God. It'd be better than nothing. But what a miserable existence. I don't know about you, but quite frankly, I like being able to drive down the road and ride along and say, hey God, we need to talk. I like being able to sit in my house and say, Lord, let's talk. I like being able to sit on the porch. I like being able to, to, to anytime, anywhere, any day. You can lock me up, you can throw away the key, and I can still call out to my Father. You can't stop that. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we have the ability to talk directly to the Father. He says, you'll be able to ask. You'll be able to talk to me yourself. What a, what a wonderful promise and, and privilege we have to be able to go to God and tell Him our burdens, tell Him our needs, tell Him our or just talk. Any of you ever just talk to the Lord? I, lo I, I love that song uh, that, that says, I didn't come to ask for a thing. I just want to talk to you, Lord. I didn't come to ask for a thing. I just want to talk to you, Lord. Those of you in here who are parents and grandparents, you know what a wonderful feeling that is? You know what a wonderful feeling that is when your child comes, climbs up on your lap, and just sits there and doesn't ask for a thing? Doesn't happen often. But it does occasionally happen. It is a wonderful feeling. I wonder just how much it makes heart, God's heart glow when His children just want to talk to Him. Not ask for a thing. Not moan and groan about a thing. Just talk to Him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ made that possible. Made it possible that we have communication with our Lord. It confuses some, but it brings comfort to the believer. It provides communication for the believer. It provides clarity for the believer. Look what he says in verse 25. He says to him, These things I spoke to you in what we would call figures of speech, but the hour is coming when I, won't, I, I speak to you plainly about the Father. The hour is coming when I'll speak to you plainly about the Father. The resurrection brings clarity to the heart of the believer. The resurrection makes it clear about the love of God for you and I. It makes it clear of His purpose. It makes it clear what He desires in us and what He desires uh, for us and what He desires uh, to do to us. It proves and validates everything that Jesus said. You know, if it wasn't for the resurrection, 
We would read the Gospels and say, that's a great story. So what? The truth of the matter is, if it wasn't for the resurrection, we probably wouldn't even read the Gospels. If it wasn't for the resurrection, we probably wouldn't even know about the rest of the story. Wouldn't have made the headlines. But the resurrection makes all those other things clear. Back when Jesus said some of the things we've looked at coming through these 16 chapters. When Jesus talks about, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. You know what? It's the resurrection that made that clear. It's the resurrection that made, you know, if Jesus would have said, I'm the living water, without the resurrection, we would have went, well, that's weird. You're not water. Yeah. If he would have said, I am the bread of life, without the resurrection, we would have looked at that statement and gone, no, you're not a loaf of bread. Yeah. Without the resurrection, we would have thought he, he was a little bit off in the head talking about being a loaf of bread and being a glass of water, talking about being poured out. Yeah. Most of the things Jesus said without the resurrection would cause us to go, yeah, something's wrong with him. Yeah. He's talking crazy. And that's what really what Jesus says in this passage. Jesus says, I, I know I've talked to you in figures of speech, and I've talked to you uh, in, in parables and riddles. Listen, and, and I realize that they don't make any sense, but in about 72 hours, it'll all be crystal clear. It'll all be crystal clear. You'll understand all those things I said. You'll understand what I meant by destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days. You'll understand what I meant when I... You'll, you'll understand those parables when I was talking to you. It'll begin to make sense. Why? Because of the resurrection. Do you understand this morning if we rip the resurrection out of, this, out of the Word of God, the whole New Testament crumbles. It falls apart. None of it makes sense. Why would these disciples, why would these apostles go out and preach and die without a resurrection? Why would Paul be imprisoned? Why would Paul be stoned? Why would Paul be beaten? Why would Paul go through all that he went through if it wasn't? For the resurrection. History tells us that the 11 remaining disciples after Judas, every one of them died a, a martyr's death. Why would they have done that if it wasn't for the resurrection? There are people who say Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. The disciples just went and stole his body. Well, you know where that story falls apart? When they crucified Peter upside down. That's when that story falls apart. Because if I knew I had stolen the body and I had hid it, when you got ready to crucify me upside down, I'd say, I changed my mind. Wouldn't you? When they got ready, you know, you know where that story falls apart? That the disciples stole his body? When they told John, we're going to exile you and put you on a rock in the middle of the sea. And we're going to leave you on Patmos. You know where that story falls apart? That story falls apart if you think Jesus was stolen by the disciples. The reason 
John was willing to go to Patmos was because he believed he didn't hide the body. He believed his eyewitness account of the resurrected Savior, and it changed him. Folks, when you believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ, things get clear. Things clear up. Yeah, I, I really stumble and, and, and get a little confused of those who don't know Christ this morning. Yeah, I, 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 and I hope you do this. I, I look at things, I see the world through the filter of the resurrected Jesus Christ. That's how I, yeah, if I had a pair of glasses and, and they, they were red tinted, and I put them on and I looked at you, what color would you be? Oh, that ain't a trick question. Come on, what color would you be? You'd be red. Because that would be the filter I was looking at, looking through. Well, my filter is the resurrected Jesus Christ. I hope it's yours. When I hear the news, I look at it through the, I hear it through the filter of the resurrected Jesus Christ. When I hear stories about what's going on in the Middle East, I don't just hear a news story. I hear it through the filter of the resurrected Jesus Christ. When I hear about a possibility of a war somewhere or an actual war somewhere, I don't just think, oh no, I hope everybody's okay. I hear it, I see it through the filter of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he said in those days there will be wars and rumors of wars. When I hear about an earthquake somewhere, I don't just think, oh, that's terrible, those poor people, I hope everybody's okay. I hear that through the resurrected Jesus Christ when he said that those they would increase. So that the resurrection of Jesus Christ should bring clarity to the believer. It makes things clearer. It makes everything begin. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, history makes practically no sense. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, bringing confirmation to His Word, makes the events of history make sense. Think about it. Let me give you one more. When we have a clarity of the resurrection of Christ, we look and we look at history, and we know that the Bible talks about a, a cashless society. The Bible talks about the mark of the beast, right? For some people who don't have the clarity of Jesus Christ, they see a lot of the things that are happening around us as just technology. I look at things through the filter of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I see the checks were the first step of taking us cashless. Then debit cards, then pay with your phone, pay with your watch. We're just slowly moving forward to cashless. I give you a crazy one. These chips they put in your dog so you can locate your dog. Again, just I look at things, and some of you may say, Jimmy, you're crazy. You're, listen, I'm sorry. I just, the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
is how I choose to look at history. It's how I choose to look at the world events. I don't see how a Christian can do otherwise. I don't see how we can do otherwise. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, history is a garbled up mess. But when we look and see the events of time and the events of history in light of the Word of God, with the clarity that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings, then things start to make sense that are otherwise incomprehensible. The clarity that it brings. The claim, look at verse 28. I'll move quickly. Jesus says here, um, he says, I'm going to tell you plainly about the Father. I'm going to say plainly about the Father. Again, we have the, the claim that is proven. He says, it's going to prove that who I am. I'm going to, I'm going to move on to verse, verse 29. He says uh, to us, his disciples says, now you're speaking plainly, not using uh, figures of speech is the word that they use there. And, and we know that all these things, and we don't need anyone to question. So, so this is why we believe that you came from the Father, that you came from God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the results, a confession provoked. I, I think it's amazing that when you, that there's one word in verse 30 that just kind of blows me out of the water. You know what that word is? One word that just really causes my mind to go, wow. Very first word, now. Now. Now we know. The disciples have followed Jesus for roughly three years. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him give the deaf back their hearing, the blind back their sight. They've seen him feed the hungry. They've seen him heal the crippled. But now we know what changed. The resurrection. The resurrection. It's the one thing that distinguishes Christianity from everything else in the world. The resurrection of Jesus Christ causes a confession to be provoked. See, here's, here's something you need to hear this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ causes one of two things. It's either going to cause you to confess Jesus Christ as Savior, or it's going to cause you to be condemned as a sinner. What you do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the line down the middle that describes your eternity. The resurrection either provokes a confession or it condemns you as a sinner. There's no middle ground. I talked about it extensively a few moments ago. There are people in this world, and if you go out and you talk to them about the resurrection, 
They'll say, well, maybe, I don't know. It's possible, I guess. Yeah, those kind of answers. Those kinds of answers will get you condemned to an eternal destiny separated from God. It's either a resounding yes, I believe in a resurrected living Jesus Christ, or any other answer is a no, I reject Jesus Christ. That's your only choices. It's, you, you, what, if, if your answer is not yes, I believe, now I know that He is alive. Any other answer, I think so, I hope so, I want to believe, maybe, any other answer is a no. There is, this is the only two camps. It's the only two, only two options. And the disciples, the resurrection, brought to them this confession when they finally say, I believe. And Jesus answered them and said to them, Do you now believe? The hour is coming, it has come, when you'll be scattered, you will leave me alone, and I'm not alone. I have said these things to you, that you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Final result of the, of the resurrection is a commitment plan. Jesus says to these disciples, you will have tribulation. It won't be easy to live for Jesus. But the resurrection causes us to be committed. I said it a while ago. Why did, why did the disciples die as martyrs? Because they knew Jesus Christ was alive. They believed he was resurrected. And they were willing to die for that truth. They were committed because of the resurrection. This morning, my question is very simple. For an invitation, for a point of decision, the question is very simple. Are there any results of the resurrection in your life? Is your life different because of the resurrected Savior? I've mentioned some of the changes, some of the results, just what's in this text. I've mentioned some results. But here's the question of the hour. If you look in the mirror, if you look at your life, can you see a difference in your life because of the resurrected Jesus? Do you have the joy that he described? The peace? The clarity? You say you're a believer. You say you believe in Jesus. The resurrection made a difference in your life? Has it changed you? This morning you don't know Christ. 
whether in this room or online. No one can answer that question but you. What have you done with the resurrected Jesus Christ? Do you know Him personally? Have you asked Him into your heart? Very simply, if you were to die today, would you spend eternity in heaven or in hell? It's been oversimplified, but the question's been said, the statement's been said, if you stood before God, if you stood at the gates and they said, why should we let you into heaven, what would your answer be? And if your answer is anything other than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the wrong answer. If you say, I'm a good person, I gave to the church, I went to church, eh, wrong answer. Depart, for I never knew you. What have we done with the resurrection? Christians, I challenge you this morning. Lord, help me. The world needs to see a resurrected Jesus. And the only way they'll see it is through our life. I want to invite you this morning to come and kneel near where you are. Lord, help me, help my life to show a living Savior a resurrected Jesus that the world would know